0: This week on Art of the Air features Chicago artist Diana Leviton-Gondek discussing her own art journey. Next, we have Art4 Theater discussing their online-only production of the 1998 Tony Award-winning musical Ragtime running through May 2nd. Our spotlight is with Trent Albert discussing Chesterton-Porter Rotary Club's photo contest, with entries being accepted through June 30th.
1: Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Mary, art on the air today. Stay in the know with Mary and Esther, art on the air our way. Express yourself hard and show the world your heart. Express yourself to art and show the world your
0: Welcome, you're listening to Art on the Air on WVLP 103.1 FM and Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. I'm Larry Breckner of New Perspectives Photography, right alongside here with Esther Golden of The Nest in Michigan City.
2: Aloha, everyone.
0: We're your hosts for Art on the Air. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project grant through South Shore Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Art in the Air streams live at wvlp.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m. Plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM every Sunday at 7 p.m. Also streaming live at lakeshorepublicradio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Information about Art in the Air is available at our website breck.com slash AOTA. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. And we'd like to welcome to Art on the Air Spotlight, Trent Albert of albertphotographic.com in Chesterton. But he's here to talk about something else, a a great photo contest. I'm going to let him talk about that with the local Rotary Club. So, Trent, welcome to Art on the Air Spotlight.
3: Welcome. Thanks, Thanks. It's great to be here.
0: So tell us a little bit about what's coming up with Chesterton Porter Rotary and what they have going on. And of course, you're involved, I guess, coordinating this.
3: Well, our Chesterton Porter Rotary Club has struggled this past year with our fundraising efforts. We have not been able to have our annual fish fry, which has always been one of our biggest fundraisers that we have. And it's also a really big community event. Um, so we've struggled with an idea how do we can come around and raise some funds and 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 cheer up our community and and, and our world, to be honest with you. So we came up with a photography contest uh, with a 2020 vision theme, kind of looking back and reflecting and and projecting forward. And hopefully we can get some uh, photographic images that tell the story that people have gone through over the past 12 to 14 months that we've gone through this. The idea was that we will have a $25 entry fee and that entry fee will go towards supporting our prizes that we have three prizes a a $500 prize a $250 prize and a $100 prize. We'll have up to 10 honorable mentions and more than likely more than that. The idea is that we want to get a number of people to join this and be a part of our photo contest so that we can make a publication and possibly a calendar and more than likely a a full magazine publication that we'll be able to support with the entrants that supported our contest. And hopefully that will be a celebration of the last year's events and looking forward to what we see. Um, as you know, we don't know what we're going to get at this point. We're kind of looking forward to, um, the surprise element of it.
0: <laughs> so as it limited, to uh, anyone, uh, amateur, professional, or a- anyone can submit,
3: anyone can submit. Um, we're looking forward to seeing people's pictures from their phones. We're looking forward to seeing about any photograph that you have. Um, our judges are four judges that we've drawn from our rotary group. Um, and they are not by any means professional photographers. <laughs> They're gonna be judging on photographic appeal to them. And what we're, going to, we're looking for is just fun and, and, and not something that moves, moves you to a, an, um, an emotion or to a, a better place than where we have been in the last 12 months. So those, those judges will team together and pick a group of 20 images that they enjoy and we're hoping that we can have three of those images cross-pollinate between all four of those judges. And that will help us decide our first, second, and third in our honorable mentions. Trying to work with a group to make this all come together is what Chesterton Porter Rotary is all about. So we've got many hands and many eyes putting the word out and getting the word across to other possible photographers and photo entrance so
0: you're looking for i think you've probably sure you've been with uh Doonland photography club and uh such as that but you're looking for anyone to do that give us the website where they can enter just uh right now and we'll hit that once more at the end
3: it basically it goes right through our Chestnut porter rotary club's website which is at chesterton-porterrotary.org and if you want to enter the photo contest you just put a forward slash photo at the end of the dot org And you'll get right into our photo contest right there. It's open right now, and it will be open through June 30th. The idea is that, well, as we get entrance, we'll be able to share entrance with people online to get them more exposure, but also excitement to other people to enter the photography contest as well.
2: Larry, are you submitting?
0: I think I will. Yeah. You know, I've known Trent and I had him actually uh, jury a show that I did at Southern Shore. So, yeah, I probably will. Uh, but let me ask you, thematically, you are looking for things concentrated in 2020, uh, like on the COVID or just maybe some guidance for photographers to know what to submit?
3: It's 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 all It's open. And it it is up to you on what you, how did you get through the 2020 and and your experiences moving forward. And and it's not really to stress, you know, the mask issue or the COVID response or anything like that. We would be, we're thrilled to see what people have to offer and what their interpretation of what these last 12 months have meant to them. Um, It's not like a uh, mob appeal, but we'd (laughs) like to see what the mob has to say about what's been going on in the last 12 months without having a whole lot of direction I think that if we give too much direction, then people say, oh, I don't have a picture like that and I can't enter. And I think that we wanted to keep it wide open so that we're gonna get pictures of cats. We're gonna get pictures of flowers. We're gonna get those things. And that's okay because the end of the story is we're taking a $25 entry fee, which is gonna work out to be a donation in a big way to support our Justin and Porter Rotary Clubs philanthropic uh, efforts throughout the community.
0: And uh, can they donate or uh, make the entry fee online through a PayPal or anything like that?
3: Yeah, it's basically once you get onto the uh, chesterton-porterrotary.org forward slash photo, it'll prompt you to fill out a little um, credit card payment. And that $25, of that $25, our club will keep $23.93 or something like that. And that's what we are going to use to support the prizes and to support the giving of our club.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming to Art on the Air Spotlight. It's Trent Albert of Albert Photographic talking about the Chesterton Porter Rotary uh, Photo Contest. And you can find that online at chesterton-porterrotary.org slash photo. Thank you much for coming on, Trent.
3: Best of luck. Thanks for thank you. Me. I really appreciate your time. You have a good day.
0: You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. And we'd like to welcome to Art in the Air. Uh, she looks at observations of human nature throughout her work, whether it uh, be paintings, sculptures, statues, a whole wide range of things that she does. Uh, she does have a studio uh, as an artist and resident at Zoe Art Center in Chicago and also a home studio. Diana leventon gondek welcome to Art on the Air.
4: Thank you so much for having me, Larry and Esther. Really excited Welcome. about talking to you both. And tell a mask on. This is strange. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's true. Yeah, we're, we're past the mask stage. Well, in Indiana, this they haven't mandated it. Anyway, we'd like to hear about your uh, personal journey and story, uh, kind of like how you got from where you were to where you are, sure. like where you grew up, where all that kind of background material and everything like that. So tell us your story.
4: Okay. I, I grew up in Evanston, Illinois, um, which was... Um, see, it was like in the 60s, 70s. And it was incredible back then. It was a wonderful, diverse um, um, schooling full of art. And we had theater in grade school. We had theater, music and art. And it's just, we're all influenced by that um, greatly. And um, wonderful high school, wonderful experiences. I had a very happy childhood. And um, it's, um, another thing was being in Evanston, you're so close to Chicago that you were able to go into the city so easily and have the top museums and theater and it's just it was all there music and plays it was just everything was there for you so this all greatly influenced me and so when I went to college I knew I wanted to major in art and I went to Northern Illinois University majoring in fine art Um, emphasized watercolor back then I just adored watercolor and out of college I ended up being art director at Northwestern University and I did that for several years and um, through marriage and my birth of first child, Max, but um, decided I don't think I could be a superwoman. So I, I took some time off to raise uh-huh. the kids. And um, but even the time when I was raising the kids, I, I did freelance. And I also worked in the um, in the school district out here, 203, doing art awareness with um, for about, I think about six years. So just kept my finger in there and just learn, you know, uh, learning socially how to talk to people. If you can talk to a child, <laughs> keep their image entertained, um, you can pretty much talk to anyone. So um, and then, and then when the kids started getting a little bit older, I decided to go back to my fine art, and um, I uh, started um, exploring with I started exploring uh, oil, which I I did uh, obviously work with in acrylics, but um, I really got into it and. I had done a, um, a piece and it was a, basically a, um, a, 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 a self-portrait and I had gone on Facebook and I'd seen this place called Joby Art Center and I've seen people who were involved in there and there was a, a Sergio Gomez who was having a, a portrait show and I thought, oh, let me just try it, see what happens and I got in. So, that was kind of my start with the Joby Art Center and um and my connections there and I was at a, another gallery there for a little bit before deciding to get my own studio and so I I've been there with my own studio for about and and been with Joby for about probably 10 years now
2: oh so, wow yeah that's yeah. wonderful and, because the community of artists there are so fantastic that must be inspiring in itself
4: <laughs> oh it's just so wonderful I yeah wonderful people um great friends, you know, just, you know, I miss them all so much being, you know, during COVID. It's so difficult. And unfortunately, some artists, you know, we've all suffered so much, especially in the arts through um, this pandemic, they've, you know, they've lost studios or decided, you know, it's not the right time to have one. So that's been very, very hard on us. But, you know, we're, we're, we're all, you know, still making our artwork and, and um, trying to get in shows. I, I've been showing, um, through this pandemic, I've been in. Let's see, I like four shows um, in Chicago, um, one in Miami during Art Miami Week, still because I I'd done Art Basel for three years before that, and um, and then I was in the Ham- I was just in the Hamptons for a show, which was a virtual show. But these are hard. It's you know this is it's it's different when your people are seeing this on their little phone, seeing your artwork. So um, you know sales are are not exactly what they used to be. So it's it's been a little difficult, and um, just kind of holding on, and and just keeping my artwork out there, and just marketing myself as much as possible. Have you had commissions during this time? Um, not I haven't had um, no I haven't had like the past year I haven't had any commissions. Um I did have a the, my last major major commission uh was with um Special Olympics and there with them I did a, a, a portrait for um their the command a a portrait for their, their 50th anniversary and that entailed the original founders of Special Olympics and those now involved and that's now in um DC in Tim Schreiber's office. So that was my that was my last biggie, big one. But um, uh, there's been some other ones. Um, actually, there was I think a couple other ones. I've had some collectors who've had me do some artwork for their homes. So that's actually yeah, that wasn't the last one. But during the pandemic, I haven't had a commission yet. No.
2: So I'm so interested in your technique because it's it's it's, qu- it's quite unique how you blend realism with. I don't know I don't want to quite say surrealism but mm. an otherworldliness I guess and yes, especially yeah. especially um I love so many of them but Family Wall is
4: just so mm. Beautiful and intriguing. So how do you approach that? I mean. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, well, growing up, as I said, in the 60s, I adored um, pop art. I thought oh, that was yeah. just, it was just, wow, you know, this, you know you're, as a child, there's nothing to understand except the visual. It just was, I just adored it. And then from there, you know, you find the Renaissance and you find, you know, impressionism and everything and surrealism and all, and all that. And um, I think I just kind of end up, I combined it all, not meaning to, I just did. And interesting, the family wall is that piece is actually, um, I do political work, but it's so subtle, no one knows it. And that piece is uh, at a time when um, a wall is trying to be built to separate us. And I, I used a family because that family is what a wall should be. It shouldn't be breaking, it should be, a, it should be us together. And the only colors I used were the colors of the flag of Mexico the flag of the United the, the colors of the flag of the United States and that's the only colors so that was my choice in colors for that one too which is because unique colors were used in that
2: yeah it's just so it's so compelling because you have you know a very clear indication of who the people are but then their their garb is just I mean it creates such a dynamic painting I just thank you thank stop you. looking at that and then and then <laughs> on the and then on the flip side and I I'm um, like the New York study in Kong and Tower, mm. Neverland and False Prophet. So this seems to be quite, I mean, there's yes. a similarity between everything, but then this seems to be a whole different series of
4: technique. Right. Or, yeah. What what happened? Yeah. I think I, the first, I think that was I in New York first or London. I think I was in London first showing and I was taking pictures in London and I really enjoyed the pictures that was taken, I wanted to use those in my artwork. And I decided I, I want to incorporate the actual photography this time instead of just painting in oil. So that's where they that came from, was to use um, the photography that I had taken um, in New York and showing in New York and showing in, um, in London and um, combining that mixed media with oils and whatever is in my studio, just kind of figuring things out and having fun with it. So that's where that that kind of came from. Yeah, so yeah, I'm still enjoying them. They're exciting.
2: That. They're very exciting.
4: Yeah, yeah. I I I sent those to. I, I that was last summer. I think pre. Um, I'd shown those actually at Art Basel when that was still open, and that was um, widely ex- accepted, and um, which was thrilling to me because it was a whole different genre for me and. and um, I actually ended up selling uh, one piece um, called Chicago, what was the name of that one? It was about Chicago and um, Ancestry. And it actually was called Ancestry. And um, it was basically a skyline of Chicago, another picture I'd taken. And down below, I had put in um, pieces of my, my my history of my grandfather in um, Cincinnati, um, where he had a fur shop and that's in there. And then um, my other grandfather, my other side um, with with their um, store, department store uh, Gordon's in Gary, Indiana. So that's all incorporated inside it because that was who I was coming from. And now I'm Chicago. So that c- comes into Chicago. And that went to a wonderful family um, in, in Miami. So that I was, I was thrilled with that. And in fact, it was the family of the owners of uh, managers of um, a manager of, the Chicago, the Miami Heat and well everybody else was going to these giant parties in Miami for the night It was like you know oh, Diana you have to come to this great party, it's going to be loud and crazy, um, I was offered to go to a Miami Heat game to sit in the front and I go I'm taking the Miami Heat game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and plus I got to eat because when I go to Miami I, I tend to put my money into where I'm staying in my flight and I don't eat a lot so I'm like I can eat food <laughs> it was great <laughs> But that was that that was a thrill, and I'm still in contact with the, uh, the the people who bought that piece, and that's just wonderful. When you have these connections with people, um, well, I it's it also an, it's such yeah. an
2: intimate thing. I mean, you're yes. you're it's your it's your thoughts and feelings and your soul going into these paintings. That when somebody reacts to it, it's wonderful that that relationship can be maintained.
4: Yeah, I, I was all it was my birthday a couple of years ago, and I was um, at. The Russian Tea Room in Chicago. We just to the Art Institute, my husband and I. And um, I. there were some ladies and I just thought they were just wonderful. They're just what they were doing, how they look, they were separate. But I, I asked them if I could take their picture. And I explained that I'm an artist. I'm, you know, legitimate. Here's my card. And, and could I, you know, incorporate this into some artwork? And one of the women, you know, they both said yes. And one of the women had stayed in contact with me. And she ended up coming to my studio and buying the piece. Um, so that was that when I had been, she and Moody moved to Florida and I was showing it at Art Basel and I said, you should come, come to my show. But she was in Chicago at the time and was unable to, but again, it's just these relationships.
2: That's a sweet story.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I just, I love it when, you know, you know, these people and, and when they, when you you do a commission piece, I did the Grand Canyon and it was, and it was like just getting his memory, what he had remembered and try to put that in there. And then at the end, when after all this, you know, working together with him and he just said, I love it. I just was like, I was in tears because, you know, I just, we just worked so hard as a team on this. So that was, that was a great feeling, too. These are wonderful moments in, in the art world. Uh, there were so many scary, awful ones, you know, being an artist. But you, you come back to the wonderful ones. Keep us happy.
0: Diane, I'd like to ask you, and you touched a little <laughs> bit on this, is how COVID has impacted you, first of all, in terms of your art but then also mm-hmm. personally.
4: Yes. Um uh, well, I think my art is almost personally. <laughs> you know, it's just like I mean, art is so much a part of me and this is just kind of it's like somebody just like shutting you out of this world and it's been it's been very very sad. Um and, and seeing friends going through things too. It, that's been heartbreaking. And and not being able to go to theater and um which I adore doing with my daughter Bridget and we we're, we're not able to do that in Chicago right now. So um, um, personally, um, I'm somewhat of an enigma where instead of gaining weight, I've been kind of taking care of myself. (laughs) I'm actually in better shape now than I was before. So that's kind of fun as a personal note. Um, But um, in terms of artwork, I think I'm almost doing more marketing at this point than I think used to be 50-50, but I'm pushing my marketing more than my artwork. Out there, just trying to get the name out there because you just—I don't have the shows; they're just not there, and I don't have the openings. The Joby Arts Center had openings every third Friday, and obviously because of COVID, we had to stop that. And that was such a wonderful thing where you just go through the building, um, like about seventy artists, and you can see this all in one night, and just go walk through with this, all the artwork, and you know, just made some wonderful connections through that alone. So this is missing, and. Um, it's true. So, I got
2: to I got to live that vicariously through Brabant, you know, Brabant. Lunching. Oh, yeah. He's a dear, 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 dear friend of mine. And so oh, he, really he posted um, all the time. So I always felt like I was there because he was so I know he was a active part of going to those yes. Thursdays.
4: He actually Yeah, I have several connections to indiana and um actually brabant um was one of my guest artists uh, in my first studio where i had guest artists and that was just you know was, how, how lucky was i to have him he's just, and to you know he'd be friends with him, it's just it's an honor he's just a wonderful human being um, completely yes yes in fact i'd showed in i had a i had a um solo show in um indiana in hammond at the white at white ripple and that was in fifteen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was really fun. too. My, my wife had, had a studio
0: there also for a while.
4: Oh really? Mostly for oh. making
0: her gift cards and other things that she did. But yeah, she had a studio there for a while.
4: Oh wow! I wonder if she went to my solo show. <laughs> Probably. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I actually had yeah, a solo I, show there too on the the balcony level. Oh
4: okay, yeah. all right. And yeah,
0: Sergio was there was uh, talking about his artwork and everything. And so yeah, uh, tell it. Yes. So early in the so early we, in the White Ripple of history
4: that was it was such a wonderful gallery yeah um yeah i had my friends i like ish and um flex and and, and and coming out to to see the show and several other indiana friends and incredible artists and that was just a, a thrill just just a wonderful a wonder event wonderful event i solo shows are fun i mean i love group shows too but there's something neat about a solo show
0: I know as a photographer, I like to be in a mixed show and not just a photography only show. Uh, you know, I think that's mm. nice to be in a variety of things, and I also think it elevates photography to art. So,
4: yes, yes, definitely, yeah, and I being next to photography is always incredible too. I mean, as an artist, seeing it, yeah, combined in a show, and now as I'm doing of combining it into my own artwork. So um, that that's been fun to do. that, to just explore. I. I don't like when I get used to my art when it becomes a routine. Like, okay, here we go again. What am I going to do this time? I need to be challenged, and I, that's where the different series come. And, and If you go to my website, you can see it's right. It's still in chronological chronological order, where um, my where I had started to where I am right now, and seeing the different series that I I went through to get where I am now.
0: Let us know the so. website. We'll we'll get it at the end of the show too. But tell okay, us where that great. is.
2: I know. I agree with you about the solo show, too. There's something so powerful about seeing a body of work all together next yes. to each other in a way that you wouldn't normally. I mean, I think it, it even surprises the artist, depending on how it was curated and hung. Um, they see their own work in a different way.
4: Yes, yes, a, I agree.
0: And tell us your yeah, website. I mean, uh, that's why we want to make sure we got it while you were talking about it.
4: OK, my website is um Diana. It's my name, actually, which is right. Diana um, dot com. That's it's pretty simple to get to. And you can Google me, too, to find it there as well.
0: And we'll hit that to the end of the show. One thing I want to do okay. is a follow up on the covid is uh, what mm-hmm. are you looking forward to that you haven't been able to do? You know, you're all fit and everything and everything. But what else? <laughs> <are> you, <laughs> you're a fit artist ready to go out there. But what do you, what do you what have you missed that you want to do now when that when you get it's all clear to get out again?
4: Being in um, live shows again. I miss that. I miss having people come to my studio freely. I miss I miss talking to my art friends, you know, one on one. And when you're at a show, and it's so isolated now, we're all so isolated in our own little worlds. And just to to it just is going to be just like this big party when we were able to, you know, even 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 if it's still mass just to be together um, safely. It's just going to be an incredible experience.
2: Yes, because we really don't know what the state of theater is going to be or when that's going to be feasible again. That's been exactly that's been yeah. very difficult. But they've made a beautiful transition, just like visual artists using um, Zoom and virtual methods.
4: Right. Right. So for some of these shows, the virtual shows I've been in, have done, been so professionally, wonderfully done professionally. So, but, um, but I still think nothing beats seeing live artwork, you know, that's, that's, it's the ultimate when you can really put your face up, you know, as you would, when you go to the Art Institute, you, you'd want to be inches away to see those strokes. How did they do that? And it's just, you can't do that when you're, when you're on your phone. <laughs> it's just not the same, but it's still keeping it out there.
0: So. Do you have any projects you're looking forward to doing in art, uh, things that you haven't done that, you want to get? or have you been more productive I Mean like you're actually creating art? Uh, you've been you know, sheltering in place. So has it been a creative thing or sometimes some of the people we've interviewed over COVID, uh, they've kind of pulled back as an artist.
4: Um, I think it, uh, different, different times, different things. I've always tried to be, I always like to have something I'm working on. I look like at something in the back of my mind, a series or something of that sort. Um, and there was a new series that I started and I'm working on. And then I'm think that I started thinking about a new series. I kind of wanted to get into instead. So definitely still working. Um, uh actively but as I said I'm almost putting a little more of my time into this marketing just because it's so I'm so I'm at home I don't know who's going to see me so just pushing it out there as much as I can and looking yeah that's, that's that. so
2: what are you what are you working on now what painting what painting um,
4: or... I was doing I've started a series on I had taken lots of pictures of, of my studio um when guests were there and just some wonderful pictures of, of children's reaction to artwork and, and friends. And so I was thinking of um, continuing a series on that. We'll see where that goes. But then I've, I've been also um, loving long walks and taking, using photography at that. So I'm wondering to incorporate more uh, nature into my work into another series. Um, so, I had done, done a larger piece, which was behind me, that is was where I would go walking, this kind of secret area. <laughs> so I really liked how that turned out. And so I might be doing that. I think it depends. I always kind of like to use what's going on as I did um, politically when I was very upset what was going on. And now we're, you know, it's, where's my mind at? It's almost like how do I feel? You know, it's like, how do we feel during all this? It's, so does that relate like, to
2: your, does that relate to your color palette then? Your mood is that what informs? Um,
4: I would, I, I guess so at times, I think so. Um, and also just to experiment and just try in different colors. I think I you know, I'm getting bored of something and said, now what, you know, let's do something. Let's, let's change this somehow. How can I change myself? you know, to to evolve. And I and I don't like more what I do now than what I did before. It's just these are all different times of my life and different series that I have done.
2: So right now I'm in a place where I'm revisiting like work from, you know, decades ago. Does that yeah. is so do, do you have all do you have different is your work around you generally where you and do you revisit
4: I do. Actually, even in my studio at the Joby Art Center, I have some of my earlier transparency work there with some of my more recent mixed media work. And so, you know, people say this is all I, it's three separate rooms in this, in, at at Joby Art Center. And, and people, you know, I, as you say, I see each I see you in each one of these, you know, that your style. But sometimes when they're not so trained, eye, you know, they go, well, how come you did this then and you're doing this now? And so it brings on a conversation. Um, so can you know, Is this all your work? Yes, it's also multiple years of of artwork and different series that I've done. Fabulous.
0: Are you ever teaching any students? Have you had students uh, that that are studying with you?
4: No. Um, I do. My kids count.
0: No. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they could. But I mean, I mean, if you have any official students, because you've been involved in, uh, you know, like Northwestern and things like that. So I just right. wonder if that, that was something.
4: No, not be- actually. I, um, I will with, with, well, I was um, away from um, the art world, uh, Chicago art scene, per se. Um, I, when I was at um, in Naperville doing art awareness, I was teaching children at that time. So that was, again, like about six years of doing that. So just telling them about an art, uh, 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 some history and an art or an artist, and then we would do a project chaining to that. So I, that definitely was a, a training time for, uh, for me.
0: Do you? Would you like to teach in the future? Would that be something maybe you would, as an, an expanding on your art?
4: Um, possibly. I, I mean, I see in the future when things open up, doing even more traveling and doing shows and something of that sort. Uh, that's what I really love doing. Um, the Art Basels, these, you know, incredible art, you know, art venues, and even to bring my artwork to different countries. Um, I I was um, in um, Busan, Korea. And I I, actually, I didn't make it there. My art made it there. So, (laughs) but that was just what an incredible experience to, to be there.
0: Well, we'd like to thank you for being on Art in the Air, uh, Diana Leviton-Gondek, and her website is the same thing as uh, com. You can contact her, find out information about her and her art at the Zobe Art Center on 35th Street in Chicago. Diana, thank you so much for being Art in the Air. We really appreciate you coming on the show.
4: Thank you. <laughs> Oh well, thank you both so much, uh, Larry Esther. This is this has been wonderful. It's just it's, it's so fun to just go rambling on about my artwork.
0: <laughs> well, we really appreciate it. Thank you, Diana.
4: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM.
5: Now she is haunting me, just like a melody,
0: the only song I seem to know.
5: Sarah, my life has changed Sarah, I miss you so. Sarah, I did you wrong.
1: Sarah, where did you go?
0: And that musical segment you just heard is from the musical Ragtime, and that's being produced by Art 4 Theater of South Bend, and we'd like to welcome the executive director, uh, Dr. Aaron Albin, uh, the artistic director and choreographer, Mark Albin, and one of the actors from it, Patrick Burns. Welcome to Art on the Air to talk about the show. Thank you. Glad to be here.
2: Yeah. Aloha. Welcome.
0: hello. Hello. Well, first of all, and I don't know which one of you want to direct this, let's talk a little bit about your background before we talk about art for theater and then ragtime. So, uh, Aaron, why don't you go first tell us about how you got from where you were to where you are as a, I know you're a teacher, conductor, pianist, vocal coach, etc. But tell us a little about your background.
6: Sure. Great. Um. Yeah, I grew up in a small town in Iowa. Shambaugh is the name. If there's any Shambo people, it's close to Clarendon. Ought to give Iowa a try, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, very small. There's definitely more livestock than people down there. Um, but yeah. So, grew up in Iowa. Did a music ed degree. Taught public high school choir. Um, and then I went to Texas. Did a master's and doctorate in orchestral conducting. While I was down there. Got super excited about arts advocacy, public funding, and just kind of how do we make theater for, you know, mass consumption. So then moved to Chicago, worked with nonprofit organization called Merit School of Music. Um, it's an amazing organization. If you don't know it, check it out. Um, and then got drawn to South Bend by Con Selmer, which is the <laughs> largest uh, um, American manufacturer of brass and woodwind instruments. Um left in America. So uh, yeah, I'm their director of um, marketing operations for Conselmer. And then uh, in Chicago is where I met my husband. And then uh, we moved to South Bend. We started a professional theater company called Art4 and we're in our fourth season. Excellent. So, but, but can we, can we go back a bit? So what were you like in elementary school? Did this come, what, did this
2: start there? Because I teach, oh K through, I teach K through six and I can tell from
6: kindergarten who belongs in theater. Oh, completely. I mean, music, especially has always been my passion. Opera, musical theater. Um, my love is with opera, actually. Um, If truth be told, and that's where I've always viewed myself as an opera conductor. Um, That's where I wanted to spend my studies. That's why I started picking up the piano. If you talk to my mother, um, I used to sneak cassette tapes of the best (laughs) of Bach under my pillow so that I could play them at nighttime while I was in bed. So when I was supposed to be sleeping, I would put in my best of Bach and listen to Johann Sebastian Bach On my um, cassette tape.
5: This is straight out of a Wes Anderson movie.
7: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, I adore it. Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a great. Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background then?
7: Well, it's a lot more boring than that. I mean, how can you? No Bach under your pillow, huh? No Bach under my pillow. Just some really bad Bach puns that happen every once in a while. I grew up in uh, Franklin Park, which is a small suburb right outside of the city of Chicago, uh, the youngest of five children. And it was really important for my parents for us to all get involved in uh, music growing up um, and uh, was really lucky to grow up in a school district that supported the performing arts. Um which is why, uh, with where we're at right now with Art Four, um, we are really dedicated to making sure that we're providing opportunities for emerging artists. Um, we've borrowed this saying from a colleague of ours at, from the Merritt School of Music saying that talent is everywhere, but opportunity is not. And I definitely had a lot of opportunity in Franklin Park, um, That ended up starting my performing career as an actor in Chicago uh, that I did right outside of high school. I was very fortunate. Um, That ended up giving me some credentials to then go to another passion of mine, which was education. Um, And I started choreographing and directing shows at the elementary level for high schools, I ran the performing arts program for the park district of Franklin Park. I started a theater company in North Lake um, called Breaking Ground Theater Company, uh, all of which really ended up providing a lot of foundational layers and, and, and backbone experience for when uh, Aaron and I ultimately started Art4 in South Bend, uh, which was really to, to help solve this problem that we had identified uh, because up until the beginning of Art4, there really wasn't a uh, theater company in South Bend that was dedicated to paying performing artists. And uh, when, after we moved there in 2015, we knew that not only did we want to try and solve that problem, but with our combined experience of performing arts education, uh, with the work that we've done with nonprofits, with the work that we've done at starting our own performing arts companies before, that we were the people to tackle that problem. Um, so that's, that's really a, a good summation of where I'm at right now.
0: Very good. And then we have uh, one of the actors from the show, uh, Patrick Burns. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got from where you were to where you are. Hey, I'm Patrick. I, um, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I am
5: the son of a uh, supervisor at the Chicago 911 Center, uh, the firefighter side, um, <laughs> and a medical administrator. So um, uh, not a whole <laughs> lot of arts in my family, though they were artistic and were arts appreciators. Um, I started out as a kid. I got, uh, I got picked to be the Pied Piper in the fourth grade play. Um, which was a a time where I was otherwise a a pretty lonely kid and kind of bullied a little bit. And so it just kind of turned my life around and was this burst of positivity and fun. Um, I tried at it as a kid a little bit more, but uh, as a kid, I didn't really deal well with rejection. Made me pretty sad. Still does as an adult, but I've made better peace with it. Um, So I put it on pause, (laughs) um, tried to do a couple other things. And then in high school, um, got cast in a production of Peter Pan and uh, just on a whim like my mom was like well you used to do this when you were a kid you want to give it a shot at the local high school so i did and uh at some point during rehearsal i just kind of looked around the theater and i was like this is it for me i'm gonna do this for the rest of my life this is where i feel the most happy where i feel the most at peace um i'm gonna give this a shot so i had heard another kid in my class say that um he was looking at the school for uh illinois state university because that's where steppenwolf started uh, and so that was good enough a reason for me. So I went there and studied acting, uh, graduated in about 2009 and have been acting around Chicago stages ever since. Um, all, all, uh, Chicago's a great arts town, as you know, I've been uh, kind of from top to bottom in terms of like low budget storefront. It's right three feet in front of you to some of the bigger houses in town. Um, And actually right before uh, this project, right before pandemic, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I was actually, I finally got a job at Steppenwolf. (laughs) I was understudying a production of I am not your perfect Mexican daughter uh, and was slated to go on for five performances. And then the pandemic hit and uh, we were bringing a lot of, High schools for the show. It was geared towards younger audiences, and so with the whole traffic of school buses into a theater, it was just like that was the first thing to go yeah. when the pandemic hit. So we canceled, and then I did a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all of my uh, all of my supplementary avenues pretty much dried up overnight, and uh, yeah. That's, so Patrick, uh, so yeah.
2: Patrick, with what you described to us, um, so you were. It sounds like. Um, as well as acting, did you get involved with backstage stuff, like uh, set design? And... Not
5: as much. I, uh, I did in college, just because they try to get you to do a lot more well-rounded stuff in college. I really liked Light Crew. I do like, uh, you know, constructing artistic things, and I probably <laughs> could, but I just love acting so much that I've poured almost my whole focus into it, which... <laughs> My mother would say was ill advised, but uh, I guess it worked out all right. <laughs> I, do, I so it was laugh, mostly mostly acting.
0: I had to laugh that uh, you uh, you didn't like uh, rejection, and so then you went into acting. So <laughs>
5: <laughs> I had to make peace with that. Yeah, I used
0: to, I used to tell students. I said, you know, a professional actor will sometimes go to thirty auditions for every job they get, and that may only be for a couple of weeks. I said so. And and the other thing, I advice I gave them, I says if you really go into it, I said you remember that you your acting is your product, not you. Yeah. So rejection is not you personally. So exactly and. And the audition you go to will never it may not end up that time but that I've seen many times where when I was working at the theater at the center in Munster where they say you remember that person we had auditioned? Da, 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 da. let's call them I want them for such and such a show that happens a lot so
5: oh yeah oh yeah and you hit the nail on the head if you're if you're going on 30 40 auditions and you book one job that's great right <laughs> that's a, that's a good well, track record
2: speaking about auditions this is for Aaron or Mark so I read that you had 550 people audition ragtime from 17 states and three countries so what were you overwhelmed by that or was that what you were expecting
6: yes yeah, super <laughs> overwhelmed <laughs> <laughs> so um i mean we we are a young theater company right we're just in our fourth season as as i mentioned and if we have 35 to 40 people audition for a show we are ecstatic i am behind the scenes jumping up and down um a good note about art 42 two um we typically do smaller shows so not like ragtime <laughs> we typically do you know shows of four six people so having 35 40 people audition is is a plenty you know a pool um to draw from for those smaller cast shows but yes the we were very um pleasantly happy excited but also overwhelmed with the amount of people that applied for this show and even just to reach um you know those 17 other states and it i think it really just spoke to the need out there um and how people were were looking for work and opportunities and excited well, a, a, about food.
2: actually, that's what the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic has really made us a global community, and so so many of my artist friends are showing all throughout the world now yeah. because the opportunities are there.
0: You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLp one hundred three point one FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio, eighty nine point one FM. You know, Aaron, before we get on to uh, Ragtime, tell us a little bit more, and uh, Mark hit a little bit about this, but Art4, uh, tell us about the origin of the theater, uh, and uh, if you're an equity and non-equity house, and just uh, kind of your goals and everything, and then we'll explore more about the show itself.
6: Sure. I'll start, and then Mark, please jump in, because I know <laughs> that I will leave things out. <laughs> um so yeah, as Mark mentioned, he had started a company um, outside of Chicago before. I forgot to mention when I was in grad school, I also started a um, string chamber orchestra with a colleague of mine, Hinsuk Chang. Hinsuk, if you're listening, how you doing? Um, he was a fellow conductor, um, so we started a, a chamber orchestra down there for the community because we saw this high level music making going on at the university of north texas where we were in denton but it wasn't really going out into the community and i wanted to connect that bridge and and so we started a a chamber string chamber orchestra of mostly grad students and they loved it because in uh academia, you're mostly working on huge, you know, Brahms symphonies or um, Shostakovich, all these really large works, but, um, we were focusing on chamber repertoire. So we were these, these smaller works that these grad students weren't getting to work on in their, um, academic work. So yeah, we would rotate around churches, various venues in the city and give, um, these free concerts of, um, you know, the major chamber string works. Um, So that kind of got the bug started for starting a a company um, and kind of got my feet wet um, and then met Mark. And um, as Mark mentioned, we really saw a need here in the South Bend area. So South Bend is an amazing place, by the way, if you haven't visited yet, you should check it out. But one thing that I think is unique about South Bend is there is a lot, there are a lot of universities and colleges in the area. And, um, and some of them have great music programs. And so there, there's this young talent of artists in the community and being trained in the community. And I don't want them to leave and go to Chicago. I think Chicago is great and they should visit. But we we really <laughs> wanted to solve this problem of how can we keep this young, thriving, trained, eager talent that is coming out of these universities and and train them, give them opportunities, create a, a professional platform to help their careers. Um, not that we we don't want to help veteran artists because artists, we want to help all artists, but <laughs> that was kind of the seed of it is is bridging that gap and and how can we help artists make South Bend their home and to do that they need to be compensated they need a living wage to do that right just like we pay for to have our houses painted or the oil changed in our car Um, high quality art deserves um, you know recognition and compensation Um, we are not an equity house yet but we would love to someday be one
0: yeah, I'm sure. Like I, one of the things I always tell people is when we dealt with that at Theater at the Center when I first went there in the early '90s, we uh, we were kind of a semi-pro theater, and the way we got in is using a guest artist contract. That was kind of the easiest mm-hmm. way to go get into a guest artist contract. Then eventually we moved up to be a category two house. But yeah, it was a nice gradual way to to do that. And so, Mark, yeah. do you have anything to add to that? Uh, what Aaron said?
7: Um, I would also say that this idea of art for really started when Aaron was in grad school. He had this vision that is now almost, uh, I don't want to age you too much, babe, but like what, two (laughs) decades old, the vision of it.
4: I
6: finished my doctorate in 2012. So the idea was probably about 2010. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Um, So, and the idea was an organization that combines multiple art forms, uh, visual, culinary, literary and performing arts which is what is at the center of our name art for so when we're looking for programming although that's kind of become more of like a a sideline issue for us it is still predominant in in our decision making and we so it wasn't just about though creating the art because that's beautiful and it's fantastic but um It's about changing the culture of an entire community. Because as we understand as artists, we're constantly trying to validate the work that we're doing to the rest of society. That's very math and science oriented. That's very sports oriented. And trying to change the conversation so that people understand that the arts also create jobs, they drive tourism, and they fuel commerce. And in order to have a better, more sustainable city, an environment that fixes problems like in South Bend, the the school corporation and how we handle things with the school corporation. That is is a big and current issue and has been since we moved there. Well, if people are wanting to stay in South Bend and their tax dollars are going towards schools, uh, that would be helpful. Well, how do you make sure that people want to stay in South Bend? You invest in the culture. And that's what we're... Tr- not trying to do. That's what we're doing. And that's at the heart of our mission to cultivate, challenge, and create. We want to cultivate professional artistic experiences for emerging young artists. We want to challenge our community with the work that we do. And we want to create community by having engaging contemporary conversation that ignites passion.
2: Oh, that's so beautiful. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, um, I have a ragtime question. So was ragtime already in your roster of things that you wanted to do? Or was it an informed choice because of the times we're in?
7: Ragtime was actually on the list of things we would never do. <laughs> because, well, because we, we would have never done this in a normal setting of live performances. Because it takes too many people. So From, it was yeah,
6: a co- resources and like, I mean, 45, 50 member cast, huge set lighting costumes,
0: period mm-hmm. things. Yeah, that, I, I, Enormous. Thought, Enormous. I thought I thought it was a very ambitious piece to do. But but you you met the challenge by doing something unique. Tell us about that.
7: Yeah, we decided to film it instead, which is really something that has evolved since the shutdown happened in early 2020. In April of 2020, Art Force started our Showtune Sunday series, which was dedicated to raising funds for artists who had been financially impacted by COVID-19. And on a weekly basis, we made a music video for an artist that was nominated by the community, And we would raise funds for them and split the pot 50-50. Artcore would get 50%. The artist would get 50%. That ended up evolving. We ended up doing a uh, a fundraiser specifically for Black Lives Matter South Bend in response to the murder of George Floyd. We ended up doing a uh, longer programming with Notre Dame Shakespeare for their Shakespeare Festival in August. And then we ended up producing 35 Millimeters, a musical exhibition by Ryan Scott Oliver, which is a non-book musical. It's only 90 minutes long. It's pretty much just a series of music videos, which we knew how to do that after Showtune Sunday. And so we were like, what do we want to do next? And Ragtime was the thing because we can have a smaller cast of people who are playing multiple roles. They don't have to physically be in the same space And it is commenting on multiple topics that are very relevant right now, as relevant as they were when the story takes place 100 years ago.
0: Uh, Patrick, real quick, what do you play in uh, Ragtime? Because you're one of the performers or what you might play multiple roles. But tell us briefly about that.
7: Yeah, so
5: I play Tata. The story of Ragtime kind of revolves around several different characters, but mainly three different families of very different cultures kind of thrust together at the turn of the 20th century. And I play Tata, who is a Latvian Jewish immigrant um, who immigrates to America for the American dream. He brings his little girl and, uh, like the story of many immigrants, mo- immigrates to America to make a better life for his child, to find success through his art. Um, this is a time in history uh, that is one of the largest Jewish immigrations in, in recorded history uh, between the late uh, 1800s and 1920s. Um, to escape European persecution, which, you know, we all know how that turned out with World War II just a few years later. So he um, moves to America with the idea of, a, of the American dream and is kind of dumbfounded by how uh, dark it can be before it can be bright. Um, searches for a better life.
0: Real quickly, uh, adapting this from a stage production to f- quote filming it, and I know the uh, copyright holders has been very, very open to that. Like MTI, especially, has been really great about licensing that. Talk, talk about some of the challenges of doing that because it's different, you know, when a stage production versus you know putting it onto film or video.
7: Well, we're definitely not able to share the same physical space in the rehearsal process, and that's a challenge when you're dealing with topics that are as so con- condensed and heavy as ragtime is because you need to have longer conversation about it. But I have to say when you're working with professionals like Patrick, it makes the process really fluid and easy when people come into the room and they are a creative mindset, they are problem solvers, they just know their craft inside and out that you can just literally sometimes put them in front of the camera and say, this is the scene that we're doing, go. And it looks absolutely amazing. And people if you don't see this, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. You you must see Art4's production of Ragtime.
0: And tell us how we can
7: see that. You can get tickets by visiting Art4, like the number 4, sb.org slash Ragtime.
0: And we'll have a link. And I do
7: want to
6: mention, if it's okay, uh, this online musical, there's six performances, um, on select dates between April 12th and May 2nd, excuse me, April 16th <laughs> and May 2nd, sorry. They're either at <laughs> 7.30 Eastern or 3 p.m. Eastern. We, those are all Eastern time. It's scheduled content, so it begins at the exact time. You cannot fast forward or pause. So just let you know, prepare to um, view at the exact
0: Okay, well, and uh, you can find what's your uh, website again, one more time for our audience
6: art4 like the number sb.org
0: okay thank you so much we appreciate you coming on Art in the Air that's for Ragtime in South Bend and you can stream it uh, we have Aaron Albin Mark Album, and uh, Patrick Burns as uh, part of the cast thank you so much for being the Air, sharing your production that people can still see
2: thank you we're so excited for you
0: thank you thanks, thanks y'all thank you You've been listening to Art in the Air, and we'd like to thank our guests this week We're on WVLP, 103.1 FM, and Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. Art in the Air is heard every Friday at 11 a.m. and rebroadcast Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP. Art in the Air streams live at wvlp.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m. Plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM every Sunday at 7 p.m. Also streaming live at lakeshorepublicradio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Thanks again to Greg Kovach, WVLP station manager, and Tom Maloney, vice president of radio operations for Lakeshore Public Radio. Our theme music is by Billy Foster with a vocal by Renee Foster. Art in the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant and the National Endowment for the Arts. Underwriters for Art in the Air Walt Breidinger of Paragon Investments and Marilyn Levan Arts Patron. Art in the Air is always looking for financial support. We'd like to thank our current supporters. If you're looking to support Art in the Air... Esther and I especially would invite you to become an underwriter of this program in particular. We have information on our website at breck.com slash AOTA. You can find out support information there. So don't just be an Art on the Air listener. Become a supporter or underwriter in whatever amount you're able to do so. So we continue to bring you this great content and this great local programming. And like I say every week, don't give till it hurts. Give till it feels good. And you'll feel so good about supporting Art on the Air. Information about Art on the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash A-O-T-A. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash A-O-T-A. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews.
1: And show the world your heart. Express yourself to art. And show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Mary and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself to art. And show the world your heart Express yourself apart And show the world